what happens when seasoned paranormal investigators run up against something that they've never encountered before? A power so strong, so dark that no one that encounters it is safe. The spirits at the Devil's Point were lashing out mentally, spiritually, physically, and our guest came face to face with that horrific conclusion. She survived it, but what kind of long-lasting effect does that have on someone and their team? And do you ever truly heal for something that powerful? It makes you wonder, once darkness has gotten its claws into you, will you ever truly be safe again? Tonight, we'll speak with internationally renowned medium psychic Erica Busarani and relive her terrifying investigation. And then we'll hear more stories from friends and listeners. All of that and more when we return to the Paranormal 60 with Dave Schrader. I'm not going to stand here and listen to this baloney. He won't know. He doesn't stand for baloney. Sounds like a lot of supernatural baloney to me. Supernatural, perhaps. Baloney, perhaps not. International psychic medium Erica Busarini is highly respected for her amazing ability to communicate with loved ones from the other side. Erica has helped countless people with issues in relationships, grief, career, family, health, finance, death, crime, business, and more. She uses her mediumship and other highly developed skills to find others closure and insight into their lives. As a generational psychic, Erica uses no divination tool for her readings. She has been featured on television programs dealing with the paranormal and interviewed by national radio stations across the country. She's also part of Second Sight Paranormal TV. She finds them. They investigate them. Psychic medium Erica Busarhain has spent most of her life vacillating between the realms of the living and the dead. Erica and her team explore hauntings, urban legends, unsolved mysteries, true crime, and paranormal activity across the country. They are Second Sight Paranormal. Erica, my friend, it is great to see you again. Thank you so much for joining me tonight. Thank you so much, uh, Dave, for giving me the opportunity to tell this story. This story is absolutely horrifying, and we live to tell it. So I definitely want to let uh, uh, the paranormal field know that this is a serious, scary thing. All right. And again, very strange when we start talking about the darkness and scary things we always have weird connectivity issues. We start to see things that are breaking up as our guest is experiencing right now. I don't think that that's a mistake. I don't think that that's just happenstance. It happens too often and only when we're talking of dark things, of scary moments, of these tales that are meant to enlighten us, to give us strength and knowledge. And Erica has been friends with me for quite a while. As a matter of fact, we were talking on this program uh, prior to airing this evening, and we had a fine connection, absolutely perfect connection. It wasn't until we began speaking that this has begun to happen. So I'll tell you what we're going to do. We're going to kind of play this in reverse a little bit. Um, Erica is off. She's going to try to reconnect. We will bring her back in. I do want to tell everybody, thank you again for tuning in, spending some time with us here on the program. And remember, if you have your own personal accounts with the strange and the supernatural, you can email me your stories to dave at paranormal60.com. That's dave at paranormal60.com. And if you'd like, you can even videotape yourself telling me a three to five minute story or smaller. You'll see tonight we have some stories that are only a minute and a half, two minutes long, some that are almost five minutes long. And if you have a story that you want to share and let us highlight, we'd be happy to hear from you. All you have to do is email it to me, Dave at darknessradio.com. That's Dave at darknessradio.com. 
com or Dave at Paranormal60.com. I know some of you are still confused. I am using both email addresses. That's why I'm mentioning them to you. And I'm going to mention this to you really quickly as well. The Spirits and Sixth Sense Retreat is going to be taking place on June 10th and another one on June 11th at the historic and haunted Palmer House Hotel in Sauk Center, Minnesota. And it is an amazing weekend. We are well over half sold out on this. And with this event, you are going to learn to enable your abilities uh, to help you communicate with the other side. Sarah Lemos, who you've seen on TV shows like uh, Ghost Town Terror and has also been on uh, The Ghosts of Morgan City, The Osbournes, Portals to Hell. She's going to be on hand with a two-hour class teaching you how to tap into those abilities and protect yourself. Bill Chappell, the Tony Stark of the paranormal is going to be on hand. He's creating a brand new piece of equipment that every attendee gets to take home with them. And this is something different for Bill. This is actually taking you into the realm of psychic and mediumistic development, something maybe to help with telepathy. So you're going to want to be there and be a part of this. Again, when you sign up, you get those classes and the piece of equipment and a two-hour ghost hunting talk from Shane Pittman and Dave Schrader from the Holzer Files. I hope you guys will check that out. Again, you can get more information at Darkness Events. Dot com. That's darknessevents.com. Erica, the spirits wow. are listening, aren't they? <laughs> they are. Yeah. We had a lot of electrical problems during our shoot and after our shoot, so it is no surprise that this has happened. Um, this was, was a real thing. Yeah, that's what I was telling the viewers and listeners. Sometimes when we deal with the more dark and terrifying stories, when people have a, a way to the light and come on to show it with us, we start having a lot of strange technical difficulties. I'm glad you're back with us now. So if you wouldn't mind, uh, take us back, if you will, to the devil's point. How did this come to your attention? Why did you feel compelled to go there to investigate it? Well, the rumors around town is that this place was cursed. Um, it has a long history of murders, suicide, plane uh, uh, train wrecks, plane crashes, car crashes, um, just a lot of historical, uh, historic, horrific events. Now, so are these stories real or are you oh, finding yeah. as you do this that oh, there's been they, actually that that took place a mile down the road, but they just start to heap all of the problems into this one area? No, the, the chimney um, has, I would probably say, seven or eight. The chimney and the bluffs have seven or eight plus documented deaths, um, three suicide documented deaths, um, several murders, several ritualistic things. Um, there is just so much that is actually documented. So it's not kind of like the rumor, the hearsay, the folklore. This is actually documented microchip um, articles of death at this location. And it's so much. So we wanted to go out there and see if this place was really cursed. Um, it uh, was known to be a Native American. You know, there's always the Native American tie. Um, there was a tribe there that was actually wiped out totally. And so there was a lot of power to believe at this location because of all the deaths. So there was a lot of people over the years, especially in the 70s, that did a lot of ritualistic, um, satanic worship in that location. Um, it, did leave, it did live up to... The rumors it definitely did now when you talk about like the indigenous people that that died there and, and this do you believe that there is some kind of curse that's left behind because of the tragic nature of their death uh is curse maybe too strong a word is it just that once that death happens it draws more negativity and more uh, you know uh, horrific nature uh to to unfold there you're, you're the psychic medium what do you believe in those cases Oh, I got goosebumps. Well, you know, the Yosemite tribe actually was wiped out. Their bloodline totally was wiped out. Um, when we actually investigated, we got EVPs. When we were trying to clear the land of the negative energy, um, one of our team members, Sabrina, did a ritual cleansing uh, of the land. And we could actually hear Native American chants. So um, in my opinion, in my psychic mediumship opinion, that location is definitely cursed. I do believe that there is a strong Native American presence that does help with the balance of the land, but it is a portal literally to hell. Um, and it is the railroad uh, track. So I believe it is a crossroads for the devil or some kind of demonic entity. 
It's interesting how many stories I've heard where there are railroad tracks nearby or intersecting with these haunted locations. Do you think the energy from literally the, the physical energy of these locomotion uh, machines are what kind of spark and give energy to that earth, to that, to the stone, to the crystal, to the granite and the water underneath it? That's what creates this perfect template for the spirit realm. Well, when you look at cliffs across the country, you know, um, across the world, a lot of them, uh, Hiroshima, all these different places, there's a lot of suicides and death. Um, in this particular location, the, the quartz crystal in the in the ground, the, the residual hauntings, the active hauntings, I do believe that the train tracks do also add to the energy of bringing in spirits. Um, and do work as a crossroads at this location because it actually said to me that it left by train when we were investigating, um, but we thought it left. It actually came back um, and it wreaked havoc. <laughs> oh, God, I mean, I, it, it is just horrifying thinking about it. Um, it well, it then let's, let's take it havoc. back before we get to the havoc that, that happened uh, you know, as the night progressed, were you drawn there because of these claims to see if you could debunk them? Uh, were you called there to see if you could validate them? And had there been many tales of people being attacked and, and, and spiritual activity of that nature? Well, it's kind of hard to say whether or not that uh, there were a lot of tales of people being attacked. There were people being killed, definitely. There were people being beat to death. There were people going down the, the railroad tracks. And in my opinion, as a psychic medium, hearing a voice tell them, whispering to them to kill themselves. Um, so there was a positive energy in the daytime when you know everybody's out at the beach, but at night, um, with the the bashing of, of gays that because it was a cruise site at some point, there was just so much um, energy there that was negative to me that would pull people in the dark side. So we went there. I went there to debunk it. You know, we were kind of, you know, playing, uh, you know, we, we wanted to have like a jolt. You know, we wanted to see something. Um, the, the, the week before we even went, I had nightmares that were so horrific and scary, um, better than any movie you ever want to see of people trying to kill me. Um, and I kind of started thinking that maybe this wasn't a good idea. Are you hearing any of the noises I'm hearing as you're talking, Erica? No. There are these, uh, it sounds very EVP in nature. It's like growls, uh, things like that going on as you're telling part of the story. So take us into the dreams as a psychic and a medium. Do you believe that this is your own um, fears and, and kind of anxiety about going to a place like this, knowing there's so much death, knowing you're going to be open or are is something warning you and maybe not even warning, just trying to keep you from coming. I don't think it was warning me. I think it was taunting me um, because in the dreams I could see a faceless shadow figure um, I was sleeping. Basically, I was running in the woods. Something was trying to chase after me and kill me. I never saw its face. I just felt pure evil. Um, I woke up gasping um, next to my husband. You know, it almost felt like somebody choked me. Um, and I woke up gasping and screaming. Um, I kind of, you know, we try to kind of like make sense of it. You know, like you said, maybe this is my fears. This is, you know, just anxiety. Um, but I was seeing shadow figures all in my room. I was seeing shadow figures in the house. When we arrived on site at the location, all of the team saw shadow figures. Um, so I think it wasn't a pre-warning. I think it was pretty much, you come here, I'm coming after you. Um, to make me scared, I was scared, um, but I felt like it was a fear that I needed to conquer. Um, we all did. We felt like, hey, you know, we're paranormal investigators. We're out here to help people. Um, you know, we have to face these fears. We have to learn to conquer these things. I think we just bit off a little bit more than we could chew at this particular location. Mm -hmm. I can admit that. <laughs> Once you were there and you started to have this activity, you said everybody saw shadowy figures. Was it something that happened, the activity pretty quickly on the onset or did it take a while building up? We started out in the daytime. The daytime wasn't that bad. Like I could literally see a shadow, shadow figures in the woods kind of taunting us, telling us to come there. And I was telling Richard Johnson, which was on my team at the time, um, not to go over there. And as darkness fell, uh, it seems cliche as a movie, but as darkness fell, 
we felt someone things watching us. The EVPs started to change on the, the ghost box. We would hear things like kill, death, bat. Um, one of the guys was beat to death with a bat. Um, we heard things like the growling that you mentioned. Um, you could just hear all kind of crazy thing. Like one, one thing that we heard was blow your head off. Um, that still gives me goosebumps. And it was telling us to go into the woods. And as we followed, well, I didn't want to go, um, but one of my team me members decided to, you know, be Billy Bad, paranormal investigator. He goes out there where it's taunting him to go. And I'm telling him not to go. Psychic medium, don't go there. And he almost falls down a, a really long ravine. Um, and he got scratched on the leg um, at that same spot. So it was so many different things that happened and again that followed us home at that particular location when you began seeing the figures can you talk to us a little bit about them are they just darting around shadowy figures are you seeing them standing there fully outright looking at you first they were darting in the woods so it's almost like you could look at the the different uh aerial the the view of the woods and you could see the the eyes looking at you you know almost like deer eyes looking at you you could see the shadow figures kind of darting in um then you could see a presence a a kind of like my dream um my dream was faceless it was without eyes but this particular shadow figure um, that I could see in the woods um, when we entered and it was trying to taunt us to go over to this certain place. This had eyes. Um, it wasn't eyes of a human. Um, it was more of like a red menacing, not even like lights. It just, you know, it was almost like blood. I mean, it was just a, a very scary looking demonic thing. Um, all of the team members saw the shadows, not all of them saw the eyes, not all of them saw the big presence of this energy that I saw that seemed to encompass not just like a human shape. This thing morphed into almost a large portion of the woods and it continued to spread out and we were in the midst of this. So it was almost like we could escape it. We had to deal with it. And I think I understand how it was able to come to all of us at one time because it was a very powerful um, negative spirit. Do you believe this was one spirit or was it a conglomeration of all of the spirits of, of the lives that have been lost in this area? It kind of initially when we were talking with some spirits, we got the help me. Um, we got the feeling of Dean. Uh, we actually got Dean's name. He was murdered on the site. We heard his name, a black male's voice that said, we said, what is your name? And he responded in a black male's voice, Dean, um, multiple times talking to me. Um, he was trying to kind of, some of the spirits that had died there that were positive of the highest good, they were trying to warn me. They were trying to warn us. They were trying to tell us to get out of there. Um, but the overshadowing negative energy um, spirit was almost tormenting them, you know, preventing them from speaking. So there was a feeling of this presence almost shadowing out all of the other ones that were trying to help us and get us out of there and protect us as well. I, I apologize, Eric. I don't know exactly where you fall in the religious category, so uh, please bear with me. Why do you think that souls would be allowed to stay? I understand we have a certain degree of free will, uh, even in death. We can elect to go to that light or we can elect to wander and, and go. But a lot of these murders and deaths that took place there, I can't fathom why they would want to stay there, let alone be controlled by something. Why is a higher power, why is God not helping free these spirits of whatever this dark malevolent energy is? Well, that's a good question because I, I think the same thing. I always have believed that spirits have free will. I believe that there were certain spirits there that showed up because we needed them to help us. I think if they had not been there to mediate, to balance some of the energy there, I think it would have gotten a lot worse um, than it was. I mean, we had some team members, you know, they didn't want to talk about this, but they went home suicidal. I mean, it affect, like it, it mind messed up some of our team members. One of our team members dreamed uh, also that he was under a train and got ran over um, 
like he was there on that train track getting murdered. So it was, I mean, it was a mind, it was a mind controlling negative spirit. And to answer the question, I think that had they not um, come from heaven and helped out, it definitely could have led, um, could have been a lot. Are you hearing things? I just saw something. So I didn't hear something, but I definitely. It's weird. Because something just made another growl-like noise, and then a few seconds later, you turned and looked. So it's very strange. Uh, look at that. Give me, give me the willies here, Erica. Knock it off. Um, look, I'm frankincense and, and rosemary and, and, and yeah. uh, rosary and everything else when we get off this uh, I'm going to have show. to roll up a big Bob Marley sage stick and uh, start, <laughs> start waving it around in here. Um, how powerful is this energy that it's affecting not just the sensitive member of the team, but everybody that seems chaotic. That seems like a really dangerous presence. Well, you know, I'm a, I'm a medium psychic, but I'm also a skeptic. So I can't explain to this day how I could go to that investigation that night. And the same night, my team member, Valerie Shakespeare goes home and the main water pipe in her house burst the same night her house absolutely floods um she actually sells the house because she continues to see the same negative spirit that got me in the bathtub and scratched me and did all these other things we won't talk about but um scared the crap out of me so i think that that was such a powerful spirit that it was able to go to all of us it pulled it knocked down a ceiling fan i mean it's just crazy stuff that you know as a whole if you were to tell if a team member were to tell me all these things happen the same night i would tell them they're just making it up but when you lived it and and you still live it from time to time it is a very real scary thing um it is a very unbelievable scary experience that's uh that's horrifying. Again, just in the concept that it's affecting so many people and that that dark, the, the voices that drew people there to hurt themselves or hurt others are, are in the heads of your, your teammates. What do you do when you leave a situation like that, Erica? Was, were you all maybe a little too, I don't want to say ego-driven because I, I know that has a bad connotation, but as paranormal investigators, sometimes we get ego-driven. Oh, we're going to be fine and we go home. We maybe don't take the the proper principles to take care of ourselves. Do you think there was some of that involved or did this thing not care it was coming for you, whether you prayed it off or not? We we actually did pray. We actually did um, douse with Florida water and other things on site because of all of the stuff, the scratches and everything. We did all those things, um, but it still followed us home. Um, so I think that we were just dealing with something that was a little above our paranormal pe- our paranormal pay grade, right? Um, which I think was good because we then had to re think about how we investigate and what protections we need to do as a team. I think a lot of it has to do with what other team members are looking for. I don't think it would have bothered me had the other team members taunted it as much. So I think that because they were willing, some of them were willing to have that show me, show me, you know, it's kind of like that ghost adventurous thing, possess me, you know, that kind of feeling. It did that. It, it did that in many, many ways. Um, but we took one for the whole team instead of those individuals that wanted so, that experience. That was weird. <laughs> Folks, if you're watching, I'm watching the comments. If you guys are hearing this stuff, let me know. Or am I just hearing it in my headphones? Because that is weird. Let me know what you're what you're hearing. Uh, Erica, It's I, I don't mean to creep you out, but like that was almost like a, I don't want to call it a scream, but there was definitely a, higher pitch to it. it it's very strange and I, it's not just the feedback loop because i'm not even hearing myself come back or you come back uh very un- uneasy so what if you haven't truly parted from this thing what if it is still around you taunting and and messing with you do you have that concern well a year to the day um we had some water damage in my home um 
And then I had to go through this whole process again. As a medium, I know that I am going to be um, vacillating within the spirit world. And it's very important for me to stay away from this type of energy. But I continuously use the tools that I have learned to use in my spiritual path. Um, and I, my house probably smells like a church, a Catholic church, 24-7, because frankincense and myrrh is my go-to. Um, some of my team members didn't even get a chance to leave the location because their keys were taken out of their pocket and thrown on the train tracks. So the ones that did make it home, all of them had something happen to them. And I'm talking about at least 10 people, you know, that same night. Well, give me, um, give me some details. Something. I know you said some left feeling as though they wanted to kill themselves. Well, well, we had you had sent me a photograph. Yeah, you sent me a photograph where you had, it looked like a handprint bruise on you. Was that your arm or leg? That was actually my back. I had, um, again, wanting to cleanse my body, my etheric field. I came home, went and got in my garden bathtub. Um, I could see the shadow figure. I mean, I'm, I'm in my room now and it's freaking me out to think about this. But I ran a bath and, you know, put put, you know, salt and all these different things to cleanse my body. And I could see the spirit of this negative energy. Um, I won't even acknowledge that I know that it's a demon, but it's negative energy in my bathroom. I could see it. And I started to pray and it went away. So I'm like, okay, God prevails. Um, I get in the bathtub and I'm, you know, I'm aura cleaning and all of a sudden the eyes came. And then I started to pray. And then all of a sudden the back started burning. Um, and I am in disbelief because I'm praying to God, I'm praying to Jesus, I'm doing all those things that most Christians do. However, this thing is so powerful that it decided to grab me like this. There were actually two handprints on my back. Um, and so I was in disbelief that it was, it was burning. So I took photos and sent it to one of the female team members. And she said, Erica, your back has burns on it. And I was like, no, it doesn't. No, it, it, like I'm, I'm in denial. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, it, it, it was. It was horrifying because I don't know if everybody remembers that's going to listen to this. One of my main fears as a psychic medium is being possessed. Mm -hmm. um, I've seen the entity movie. I don't know if y'all know about that movie, but it was a lady who was basically raped by a spirit. And second worst uh, fear in the paranormal and right. to get me in the bathtub when I am naked um, and mm -hmm. to burn the hell out of my back was something that I could not deny along with the other things that happened to the team members that night. So I knew that it had gone to each one of us and did something to show its power. Um, and it, I was not spared. How long ago did this take place? Uh, about two years ago. Okay. Two years and ago. No one has lost their life that's part of your team that was there, correct? No. No one okay, has lost their life, but there has been death at that location since we have investigated. Is that something you want to stay away from now, knowing just how powerful whatever it is there truly is? The team members, some of the team members went back a year later um, and, you know, conquered their fears. They're better than me. I am not going back. Um, I don't go in the daytime. I don't go in the nighttime. I have no desire to go back to that location. Folks, let um, me hear what, you, hear, hear what she's telling you, because it's important for you to realize when the medium isn't going to tip back in, you should not. So take that. It's not just facing your fears. It's not this, oh, I'm not going to let fear rule me. Sometimes when you already know if you put your hand in the fire, you're going to get burned. Don't think, well, I'm going to I'm going to fight that fear. I'm going to put my hand in that fire and not get burned this time. That's not how this works with the paranormal. When Eric is telling you, I'm not going back, there's something horrible there. Don't think you can go back and beat it. And I'm not besmirching your team, but we all, uh, a lot of people get into that mindset. And, you know, I, I just filmed a, a new series uh, with Cindy Kaza that'll be out later this year. And and there was one uh, occasion where things got pretty hairy and ugly. And I yeah. wanted to stand up and Cindy turned around. And she said, you sit down, get out of here. This thing's looking for you. Get away. And I was like, what? So I took her word for it because, uh, well, maybe I did. Maybe I didn't. You'll have to tune in and find out. But uh, I, I appreciate when somebody gives a warning because I've been on both sides of that coin. I've been there when Cindy's warned me and I don't listen. I've been there when Cindy's warned me and I have listened. And I realized that uh, listening is probably a much 
much better uh, ploy for an investigator. Um, terrifying stuff, Erica. I, I know you help in, in many cold cases as well. Your, your website is coldcasepsychic.com. And we do have a link for that in today's show guide uh, so that people can find you. Um, we'll also put up a link for your YouTube page so that people can follow Second Sight Paranormal. If people want to get a reading or they're looking for help trying to find uh, answers to a, a, a criminal case, can they just reach out to you or do they have to go through specific channels to do so? Yeah, they can uh, find me on Facebook or they can go to the coldcasepsychic.com website. Now, I'll always uh, remote view a location from Pensacola, and I enjoy doing that for paranormal teams. Um, with this kind of situation, because of the negative energy, don't send me any of those. Right. Um, but um, you mentioned, Dave, this is a good point. Erica, something. <laughs> May, I can't tell if something's mocking or because that was loud. That was like rah, rah, behind you. <sighs> thank you, Dave. Oh. Now yeah. you don't make no, me have thank to. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, well, let me, let me just, uh, we're going to, uh, let's do this. Let's stop talking about it because obviously it's getting off on with both of us, right? And and our listeners. And I'll just, hey, I, fair warning, folks. I've told you in the past, I come from a Christian background and I do these things. I'm very careful and I protect myself and the people I care about. So I'm just asking the Lord to be over all of us that are watching this program and being a part of this tonight, that we are all wrapped in a thorny hedge of protection, protected from any dark or malevolent presence or spirit that means to do us harm. I ask that God just rebukes those energies and those spirits away from us and that he cleans us of any spiritual energy that is not ours and we can reclaim the pieces that we've lost along the way. I pray that in his name. Amen. 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 Uh, Pensacola, that reminds me, I got to mention this. You've got something exciting coming up. The Pensacola Paracon will be September 23rd and 24th of 2023. Way to to be in advance on this. You're well over a year year and a half in the in the uh promoting stage but i know that you put on a huge show and i've been a part of a couple of your pensacola paracons had a great time at it but you've grown exponentially and you've got big things coming uh what can people expect from this new paracon well we hope to have dave schrader there um because dave schrader was at one of the first ones that we had i believe and uh, some of the first ones. So we would love to have you come back. Um, oh, but no. right now, we're looking for paranormal people. It's going to be a multi-genre convention as it always has been. And so um, we would love for you to come down to the beautiful, sandy, ghostly white beaches of Pensacola and enjoy this Comic-Con. But do not go to that location to try to see if you can interact with that spirit because That's it right. is not worth your time. Um, it was um, life changing for all of us. Valerie sold her house. Um, Richard had a fan that actually fell out of the ceiling on him. Dawn lost her keys on site. My battery, I didn't mention this, but my battery in my car was completely drained the next morning after my tub incident. Um, Calvo had, uh, our camera guy had his um, camera battery something short circuit and catch on fire. Um, so, yeah, there were a couple team members that were kind of probably not in a good place already that was, you know, at least three of them were hearing suicidal ideations. Um, and I think that what it did was it took all of the fears. And I know this sounds so cliche like a movie, but it took every last one of our fears and turned them against us. Mine the, 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 you know, the attack in the tub, um, my sacred men- meditation space. Um, became horrific and, um, you know, to flood somebody's house. And, you know, she said it was kind of crazy. She could see the clay dirt come up from the bottom of the house. And she said she was walking around on this water. It almost looked like blood um, as the clay came up from the, the, the bottom of the house. And she said she, you know, could not believe that her whole house flooded that same night. Yeah, it might be a while before I invite you back, Erica. So uh, you keep your creepy crawlers on that side of the screen. I want to thank you for stopping by. It was great to catch up with you, and I would be happy to be a part of the Pensacola Paracon in 2023. So let's keep in touch and make sure that happens. Uh, I know I've got a lot of friends and followers in uh, in Florida and would love to come on out and meet everybody that says, when are you going to come down here? When are you going to come to our area? We'll make sure that it happens. Erica, I've got links up again for you, for your team, for um, – uh, your show so that they can find you here. And I'll put up a link for the Paracon as well. So it's easy to locate you. Thank you guys. Go out there and ghost hunt, but 
please be safe. Make sure that your team is safe. Have some kind of, you know, religious or spiritual protocol to keep all of your team members safe. And make sure if your team members are not in a good mental state at that point, they might be right. suffering with different things. Um, negative energies feed into that. They feed into the health problems that you might have and they wreak havoc. So, you know, protect yourself. We love ghost hunting guys. Um, but make sure that you take this feel so seriously because there is a good and there's a bad. Um, and I don't want y'all to ever have to experience some of the things that we experienced. Amen. All right, Eric, I got to let you go because you're freaking me out. Have a great night. Thank you so much for being a part of the show. That's weird. I'm sure we have some audio files out there, uh, meaning people that are really good at audio. Listen to that. If you can isolate any of those little clips and send them to me, are you hearing anything strange in those bits? I certainly am. Uh, Bart L., I know you're watching. Isolate those. And I don't mean it in a jokey way. I'd love to know if you could tell me what the hell we were just experiencing. It, it may, it, 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 it's unnerving. I Listen, we're going to do an upon further review real quickly uh, before we go to break. This was something that... Um, you know, I just did the movie last week, Deep House, and I told you guys about it on Friday's show. Really an interesting movie. Great, fascinating topic. Well, uh, you know, because Big Brother's listening, I was told by my my TV service what to watch next, and it was The Night House. And all right, this is an interesting uh, movie. So let's I'm going to introduce you to it real quick. Let me give you a, a quick taste of the um, of the Night House uh, preview. Do you guys believe in ghosts? I think there's something in my house. My husband took a boat out on the lake. He took a, a handgun that I didn't even know that we owned and... Did he leave a note? He did. You were right. There is nothing. Nothing is after you. You're safe now. You said you were safe? Safe from what? You know that we're paying people to do that, right? You don't have to do it all yourself. Owen? I didn't think we had secrets. Everybody has secrets. It's our house. But backwards. What the hell was he doing? The Night House. If you guys did not see this, this is one that slid right past me. I'd never even heard about it until I was told to check out the trailer and having just watched Deep House, Night House, why not? Let's make it a, a, a duo of house movies and see what we can find. This movie is messed up. Uh, it is a good psychological thriller. It's got a horror twist. It, and throughout the entire thing, there are so many zigzags and red herrings and anytime you think you start to get an idea of what's really taking place something else happens it pulls you out and puts you into a different mindset at least that's the way it was for me this was a really compelling movie uh it it's a slow burn movie but that doesn't mean it's slow it just means that it's like 
it's got this chaotic build. Like so you're always kind of in a state of anxiousness. Um, it is, it's really good. I would say on a phantom scale of one to five phantoms, I'm going to give this a solid four phantoms for your watch. So make sure if you get a chance, check out the night house, you're going to enjoy it. I believe you will. We will be back. Stay tuned. We've got more to discuss. We've got more to show right here on the best in paranormal podcasting. This is the paranormal 60 with Dave Schrader. Today's episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. What's the first thing that you'd do if, say, you had an extra hour in your day? Would you go for a run? Maybe take a nap? Read a book? Or just show up for a friend? A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. And the question is, time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. If you're like me, you think, I can get through a lot. And we can. We're a resilient species. However, there are times that we need to reach out that hand and get a little help from somewhere else. That's what I did with BetterHelp. When I reached that limit and I realized things were getting a little bit out of control, instead of taking it out on my family or taking it out on myself, I just decided to reach out and get the help that I deserve. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, and it's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy, my darklings. Get BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com P60. Do that today. You're going to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash P60. It's time to take control of your life. Dave's here rooting you on. And if I can do this, you can do this. Let's do this together. BetterHelp.com slash P60. There's a link for it on today's program guide. Again, I want to thank our guest, Erica Busarini, for joining us tonight. And again, there's some information on there. If you're looking to contact her, check out our website, coldcasepsychic.com. That's coldcasepsychic.com. You can also contact her by the phone number that's listed on the screen, and hopefully she can help answer your questions. And if you've had a haunting and a weird story you'd like to share, she's the woman that you're going to want to connect with. All right, uh, let's get started. Speaking of scary stories and tales of high strangeness, as I told you at the beginning of the show, if you have your own encounters you'd like to share, you can videotape them and send them to me at Dave at Paranormal60.com. That's Dave at Paranormal60.com. And we will share them on this program. Tonight, we've got uh, a couple of really interesting stories to uh, share with you, and we're going to get to them right now. Again, I love to hear your stories. You can email them by just typing them out to me, or you can record them just like our very first person did here. Uh, tonight, I want to tell you about uh, April of 2008. I had woken up from having a really horrible dream, and all of a sudden, my uncle is sitting at the foot of my bed. He wasn't even in the country at the time. I also hadn't known that he had passed. Uh, I knew that my uncle was in my dream somehow, and I figured I must still be dreaming. Well, I remember the next day, my mom had told me, like, at night, right before I was about to go to bed, she's like, Allie, I need to talk to you about something. Um, you need to come straight home after school. I'm like, okay, what is it? Why can't you tell me now? And she told me, you're not going to want to go to school. I'm like, well, then definitely tell me. I, I don't feel like going to school anyway. Um, I was a junior at the time, and it's like, fine, whatever. So I'm thinking about it all day at school and I'm like God what is it that she has to tell me that is so important that I have to come straight home after school for her to tell me I also had to work that night and I worked at a clothing store at the time well I get home from school and she tells me that like mom what was so important that you couldn't tell me last night you couldn't tell me before I went to school what was so important that I had to wait all this time she tells me Allie, your uncle was in the U.S. Embassy in Baghdad in the Green Zone when it was bombed. Student make it. I didn't find out until 
the funeral, his actual date of death, which was the night that he came to visit me. Um, I wish that he would still come and visit me in my dreams or just in spirit. But that was the only time that I had seen him. And he looked so concerned and I really wish I knew what it was about. Like it looked like he was trying to talk to me, but he, his, his mouth was moving, but he, there were no words that came out. That'll always haunt me as to what it is that he was trying to tell me. But that's, that's one of my paranormal encounters and I hope you enjoyed listening to it. All right. Thank you very much. That's Allie Horick and, uh, Allie dealing with these visitations. Um, they're very powerful and especially by the fact that he came to visit you uh, on the same night that he passed away. It might've been that his soul just wasn't strong enough at that point to fully communicate with you, but he was there. He was letting you know he was with you and that you weren't alone. So that's, that's powerful. And I know that we always want a little bit more, but sometimes that's all we need is just that to know that that connection was there. And instead of questioning why, why didn't you hear this? Why didn't, I'm, and I know you are, but I'm just saying, I hope people will just be thankful for those brief moments because there are many people around the world that will never even get that. So keep that in mind. All right. Our next story comes to us from Ansley. Hi, Dave. This is Ansley, the spirit chick, and I wanted to tell you a paranormal story today. I've been investigating for about eight years now, almost nine years. It's been a very long time, and I've definitely seen a lot of things. There are a couple stories that stand out to me in particular that I wanted to share with you today that are a bit spooky. One story that a lot of people don't know that I did write a blog about was my trip to the asylum in Nevada City, California. I grew up in this area and this is where there's this old mining town, it's a lot of history, there's been a lot of different production companies that have gone here to document the history and the paranormal claims as well. And this asylum had a very tragic history back in the day. There was a mental patient that actually broke out, shot a nurse and massacred many people in the basement. He also then went into town and went to a local restaurant and killed the owner and then committed suicide. So there's definitely a lot of tragic history with it. And I knew this going into it and I knew how sensitive I was, but I knew that there also was spirits there that needed help that hadn't been paid attention to. So I went to this location with my boyfriend at the time. The outside of this asylum just looked like a horror movie. There was graffiti, there was rotting wood, there was glass broken everywhere, there was old furniture and papers just lying about. It looked like everybody just picked up and left. There was this one hallway we went into. And he went off and did his own thing. I kept going down this hallway. As soon as I got in this hallway, I started getting all these flash images in my head of just mental patients and nurses and a lot of yelling, a lot of crying and screaming, you know, just nonsense being yelled and muttered constantly. There was all these old doors that were half open. You couldn't see anything. There was no lights in here. And I went down to the end of the hall and there was this door off to my left. And I don't know what it is about that door, but I got to the end of that hall and I, I felt like a pole to my left. And I looked at the door, I saw that it was closed. All the other doors hadn't been closed. So then naturally, I was curious as to what was inside. You know, a lot of people wouldn't say that, but a lot of people aren't me. I didn't even realize I was alone at the time. I didn't realize that my ex had gone off on his own and this was just me in this hallway. But as soon as I reached for that door, I grabbed the knob and I felt an energy barrier in front of me. The best way I can describe it is there was an invisible wall of brick right in front of me. I couldn't move forward and it was like I was just frozen right there. But my hand was on the doorknob and I just couldn't find the strength to turn it. It made no sense to me. I've never had anything like that happen before so it was definitely weird. And as I tried to turn the knob, the door opened on its own without me pushing it. I was like, okay, what just happened? Is there somebody living in here, a homeless man or something? So I peeked around the corner. I was a little on edge at this point because I didn't know if there was living people in here. And naturally, I'm more afraid of the living than the dead. As soon as that door creaked open and I turned my head to look in, a shadow scuttered across the ceiling very dark shadow. I was in a pitch black hallway and room and this shadow still looked black as ink. It looked like black ink on a white piece of paper compared to the 
atmosphere of that hallway. It was very, very dark in its presence and the way it, it presented itself. And I saw it go across the ceiling crawling on all fours. And as it went by, I could hear this guttural growl, like a wet kind of growl. That sound pierced me. And then I got this feeling in my stomach, everything just, my stomach dropped. And just as quick as I saw it, the door slammed right in front of me. And it felt like suddenly this hallway was full of people. It felt like there was people surrounding me and I was no longer welcome. The, the feeling that I first felt when I walked in there was there was people lost, there was people confused, people that needed help. But as soon as that door slammed in my face after that beast crawled on the ceiling, the entire energy of that asylum shifted and I knew I needed to get out right now. I know when to listen to my gut and I knew if I stayed in there any longer, I was going to be harmed. As I was trying to walk out of this hallway, it almost felt like there was people in front of me and I kept almost stepping to the side even though there was nothing there because I felt like I was running into things, if that makes sense. And Very cool. Uh, scary. lot to unpack in that story. But what I think Ansley's uh, story really meshes well with tonight's topic and the fact that trust your gut. Um, sometimes when you feel like there's something there and something very powerful and strong, it's okay to back out. You know, you don't have to be ruled by fear, but you also shouldn't be so ruled by your ego that you'll put yourself in harm's way. Ansley was smart about that. And I've known her since she was a very little girl. I met her in Virginia City on happenstance at uh, at one of the bars. Um, she was there touring with her parents and, and recognized me for my many visitations on ghost adventures and came up. We took pictures together and uh, she has been a delight to watch grow up as she has been so vested into the paranormal and has spent, I can't even count the amount of hours and work she's done on her videos to show and share the type of experiences she's had. So thank you, Ansley. Thanks for sending in your story. All right, Lisa Van Buskirk, you're up next. One of my favorite chilling stories comes from one of our favorite former music institutions, which would be the Bar of the Frequency in downtown Madison. Darwin, the owner, has had several stories with us from way back in the day. One of his most chilling happened a few years before they closed, about three years ago. One night they were done counting the money, cleaning the bar, and he was having a drink in the front with his staff. All four of them were in the same place. Simple bar, nowhere to hide. Suddenly, out of the back, what he describes as a kid, meaning a 22-year-old frat boy, kind of, it's a college town, comes strolling up to the bar and says, where's Jackson? Darwin looked at him and he said, where'd you come from? And this kid said, where's Jackson? Darwin's getting more and more scared. He said, how did you get in here? They knew the bar was closed and locked. He swears it was an apparition. This is a man who's very comfortable with ghosts. He greets them when they come in. He says goodbye, you have to stay here when he left. But he's, this ghost came up. All four of them saw him, and the strangest thing happened. This kid walked to the front store, which has a strange lock on it that's backwards. He managed to unlock it and walk through it. So that was a witnessed apparition by a very frightened bartender who told me that story three months after it happened, and he was very scared by it. Very cool story. So many bars and restaurants, places that we love in life remain haunted, and I've often asked my medium friends, why is that? Well, if your spirit enjoyed that camaraderie and then enjoyed it, you can kind of live, I guess, vicariously through the living, um, sometimes by attaching, but not possessing, being part of that auric energetic field of a person who's drinking and partying and having a good time. It gives the spirit a contact high. So think about that next time when you feel like you're ready to leave, but for some reason you're pulled back to the bar. Maybe it's one of those times your gut's telling you we need to leave because something else is trying to control the situation. Now, this is one of my favorite stories, and it's a turn on a type of story we've heard before. How many times have you heard the story of somebody's in a horrific accident and, and they're working on them either in the hospital or at the site of the accident and trying to revive the person? The person is hovering over watching them and then comes back to their body. And, and has this type of experience. Well, a friend of ours from Ireland had a totally different type of experience. This is it. Ready? Okay, Patrick, now you have a paranormal experience. Go ahead and tell me. It's why I was trained to be a paramedic. I okay. was an EMT at the time. And we were at a cardiac arrest call in a nursing home. 
and the gentleman question had collapsed in the restroom. And being the technician, I was in charge of doing the chest compressions and what we call bagging or um, using a bag of masks to breathe for the patient as the paramedic set up drugs and so on. And as I'm working away doing chest compressions, bagging the patient, chest compressions and so on, I happened to look up just to the left of the patient. And the patient who I was working on was sitting in the chair watching me. Completely solid. Wow. To the point where I let a bit of a four-letter word out of me. And my colleague says, you look like you've seen a ghost, you are right. And I said, I don't know what the hell I've just seen. And at that point, it disappeared. I says, I don't know what I've just seen. But it's freaked me a wee bit. And within five minutes, we had a call. Death. So you, you did have to call him dead? Yes. Wow, but it was, did he seem to be watching you? Or was he, he was just watching? Kind of- sitting back. The way it was, to sit back with the arms full like that, just watching. Wow. As if he was watching TV. That's pretty cool because we hear so many of these stories where the patient is out of body watching the paramedic work on them. And then when they come back to the body, they remember all about the paramedic. But this is the other side of the story. You're actually, you saw the physical form there. Yes. How did that impact you? It scared the hell out of me. I didn't know what it was. To me, I rationalized it as, as an after image because I'm looking down at the patient and I look up. Now, rationally speaking, then he should have been upside down. Because I'm kneeling on the ground with the patient's head between my legs, so I'm looking on upside down. But when I looked up, he was sitting the right way up with the arms folded, watching me. Yeah, totally different pose. Literally, literally seconds, and he was gone. Wow, very and cool. Well, thank you. Hey, if you'd like to go with me to Ireland this June, we have just a handful of tickets that still remain. We're going to be going throughout Ireland, visiting castles, crypts, museums. Uh, haunted hotels. It's going to be an amazing time. I think there's spots for four people left on this trip, and that's it. If you'd like to join me, go to darknessevents.com. That's darknessevents.com and check out what we have in store for you. You'll also see all the other great places that I'm going to be visiting. All right. Speaking of visiting, it's time for a visit from our buddy Chad Lewis as we hear about a vampire. We're here with Chad Lewis. He's an author. He's one of our favorite guests and always has great stories to tell. We were out and uh, I heard the story of the Vampire of Mineral Point. Would you mind sharing that with us? Sure. It all began in the 1980s. It was late at night. A police officer by the name of John Pepper was patrolling. He passed by a cemetery called Graceland Cemetery when something caught his eye, something that shouldn't be there, something that he couldn't believe was there. Because when he looked into the cemetery, he saw what he reported to be a very tall, very pale, very thin, very ugly vampire. He gave chase to this vampire where he said it easily flew over a fence and disappeared into the night. And he didn't want to report it. He knew how it sounded, a vampire in Wisconsin. But he was on duty, so he made the report. And the very next day... Media from all over the world descended upon Mineral Point looking for the Mineral Point vampire. It got to be so much that that police officer quit that police force and moved away and refused to ever talk about it. But when word got out that there was a vampire in Mineral Point, dozens of people started calling the police saying that vampires were jumping out of every dark corner in Mineral Point. And up to this very day, people still believe that if you venture off to Graceland Cemetery, you will see the vampire Mineral Point. I've been out there both day and night. I haven't seen the vampire, probably because I keep my vampire hunting kit with me while I'm in the cemetery, but maybe he'll show up or she or it will show up for you. Or maybe if you can't find the vampire, Chad Lewis, you are the vampire. Well, I guess you showed up on video, so that can't be it either. All right, we have one last story to share before we call it a night. Our friend from Canada, right near the Texas border, this is Grace with our final scare share of the night. Hey, Dave, it's Grace here, and I want to share with you a paranormal experience and encounter that happened to me about nine years ago. It took place at the Iron Island Museum in Museum rather in um, Buffalo, New York. It was our remembered day in Canada your Veterans Day in the States. My friend Jay and Karen and I decided to go to do a, um, just to go check it out because they had a cool experience a few weeks prior 
um, I went and they said it was a very profound experience so they want to go back again and I want to join them now like I said it was just veterans in Remembrance Day and this place is a tribute to um, the locals of the Buffalo area who have you know were servicemen and or not servicemen but rather you know soldiers from first world first world war second world war and vietnam war and it's just basically a museum to um just to show the gratitude for their service that they did so they created this beautiful kind of memorial museum on that now this place used to be a funeral home prior to it turning into a museum so it was a Friday night, it was cold, because it was November, and it was the investigation and being myself, Karen, my friend Karen, my friend Jay, and another lady who um, is a host of a radio station in Buffalo. So it was just the five of us, which was perfect, and the owner of the museum decided to, you know, shut the lights and shut off the heat so we could have kind of like a pure, um, location or like setting so we would not be get any contaminants when we are recording and we're trying to get evidence so we were sitting in our jackets it was cold it was dark and um, the first room that we went to nothing too much happened we didn't get any evidence not a lot of stuff you know some maybe bleeps here and there on the mail reader but nothing else in that now we decide to get up and move to the chapel area. In the chapel area and behind it, there was like a little office. The office was being renovated. Well, upstairs was being um, fixed. They were doing new installation. So my friend decided to pop his head up just in case, you know, he knew nobody would be up there, but he just wanted to make sure. He's the largest skeptic of all of us in the group. And we kind of sat, so we, we know what well, we checked, nothing there. So we decided to go back into more of the travel area. Three of them, three people were sitting on the couch. My friend Jay and I decided to sit on the ground. And well, A, there was no spots on the couch, but it's okay. So we sat there on the ground. We had the EMF and we had a recorder going on at the same time. As we were talking, we heard so loud, so clear, and we had, actually I should also, men, also mention that we had two flashlights kind of beaming up, so we, that was our only source of light, so we had two flashlights on the ground with the equipment, and we were just having a conversation again, and we heard so loud and so clear thumping, something ran above us, something went from basically where the little office was, right across from the chapel, right across down to the end of the building and it was so loud and it was so forceful that we actually saw dust falling from the ceiling we could actually see the dust particles and the drywall dust falling from the ceiling over the flashlight because you could see it like this cloud and this plume of like like dust on the flashlight and it was so terrifying because there was nobody there nobody just the five of us my friend even went up to check and it's one of those old it's like an a-frame type of typical old um building so it's more of like a crawl space some areas you probably can you know you have to duck down but it's not where you can run across like i said they're fixing insulation so there's n floors were not fixed it's just the most intense and terrifying experience like i said we felt like strict fear like because this place has this feeling of not dread but just this overwhelming feeling of just stillness just like the energy there just it's hard to explain it's just like this like stagnant energy and the basement is more intense so i hope you found those stories interesting because i said that experience will forever stick with me as well um yeah so i hope you enjoyed it okay bye we did enjoy it, Grace. Thank you for sharing, and thank you to all who have shared their stories. We do appreciate that. The paranormal happens in many different ways, from dream visitations to shadowy figures, misty apparitions, and more. Each one impacts us in different ways. Even the most hardened skeptic seems to have had at least one moment in their life that they can't rationalize away. Tonight, we heard examples of the extreme to urban legend, uh, loving family reunions and possible vampires on the loose in, of all places, Wisconsin. 
to each person that opened up and shared, I send my thanks on all of our behalf. Whether we believe in each tale is up to our own discernment. For years, people have asked if I believe all the stories I share. My response remains the same. I'm a conduit, a platform to give voice to the voiceless, whether it's in spirit realm or those that have had experiences. This, this show is a safe place where I pass no judgment, but delight in the awe, the wonder, and the experience that each person brings. This is my home, and hopefully you know it's yours now, a safe place to share, to seek truth, or share your own. I'd like to thank our guest, Erica Bussereni, for uh, visiting with us tonight. You can follow her at her site, coldcasepsychic.com, and her team and program. We have links for each one of those provided in today's program guide. Thanks to all of you who felt safe enough to share your experience, and may they speak to others to let them know that they're not alone. Thank you all for visiting the Paranormal 60 and allowing me along on your journey. May the darkness be just a little more light with the information that we share here. The supernatural and search for the truth does not belong to just one of us. It's a collective, a collaboration. Find your safe space and share in the scares and wonder that it can provide. Make sure to like this video and the audio podcast, subscribe, tell everybody you know about it. And for our new podcast listeners, please rate and review this show. It really does help take a lot of uh, um, opportunity to show the showcase of the program to many others. It does on almost every podcast base that you listen, kind of lift it up in the rankings and ratings by the more people that respond to the program. So go ahead, give it five stars. Say what a remarkable program and great guests you always get right here. And we'll see you again next week on the Paranormal 60 with Dave Schrader and this Friday with a brand new Paranormal 60 Minutes newscast. This program is part of the Unex Network. Check out Unex for other great programs just like this one. 